Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You know when you're sniffly and you can't breathe through your nose, so you breathe just through your mouth? This show's like that. It's like breathing through your mouth and then tasting the world on your tongue and then closing your mouth and then swallowing the goodness of the world and then um, not choking and then being at one with the universe. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd Annabelle Porter. Welcome aboard our little life raft for the hapless and socially inept. I think I've done something which is one of the most quintessential adrift things I've done in a while. Good, good. Tell us. So I'm working in Manchester at the moment. We're doing the podcast with me and Manchester and Annabelle at home in Snaresbrook this week. And it was pointed out to me by a couple of people that my beard had become unruly. Okay. There was a, a very much a cat weasel stroke, somebody who'd been on a uh, marooned on a desert island vibe to the beard. Right. So I thought, I've got to go for a beard trim. And what I never know, and this is despite having been to barbers my uh, whole adult life, you know when people say, can I have a number three here and number one here? Yeah, I yeah. don't know what those numbers mean. Oh, really? Well, yeah, not a clue. Hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when I go and get a beard trim, they say, "What numbers do you want?" And I, d- I don't know. And it's always this awkward thing. So to head that off at the pass, what I did this time, and it was like a hipster barber place. I found a photograph of me on my phone from the last time I had my beard trimmed, mm-hmm. and had it ready so I could show the guy and say, "Just like that, please." Okay, good idea. Which is what I did. He said, no problem. He sets about trimming my beard. Now, whenever I go to the barbers, I have to take my glasses off because they get in the way. But the side effect of that is I I can't see what is happening in the mirror. Okay. So I'm pretty, pretty blind throughout any form of haircut or beard trim. So he's he's titivating away for 15 minutes or whatever it is. And what I'm not hearing, you probably won't sort of have any awareness of this, but when they're using those clippers, you can kind of hear the, the hair being cut or, or breaking almost like a snapping sound. And what I'm not hearing very much of is any of that. And, and nor when he eventually puts the chair back up before he gives me my glasses back, nor, nor am I covered in my own beard hair, which is usually what happens. Mm, okay. So I put my glasses on, I look in the mirror mm. and... I mean, it just doesn't look like he's done anything. Right, okay. It looks like my beard is pretty much the same length as it was when I went in and just as straggly. Right. 
So he then says, how's that for you? Oh, no. Do you know what I say? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I know, but you tell me. I say, oh, that's great. No, it's perfect. Thank you very much. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> I then pay him £15, <laughs> leave, walk four blocks up the road and go straight into another barber's and get a different <gasps> beard trim. No. Yes. <laughs> because you would have to be insane uh, when a, when a hairdresser or a barber says to you, "Is is that okay? You happy with that?" You'd have to be insane to say, well, do you, you, "You maybe want to make some adjustments," because <laughs> you feel as if there's some kind of an artist. And if if you were to criticise or offer your own opinion, you would be in some way insulting them. I always feel like hairdressers and barbers must have really high self-esteem because they're never criticised. Because nobody would do it, would they? You just wouldn't. You're like, oh, that's, that looks amazing. They hear it all day. That's amazing. Every hairdresser must think they're a genius. Yes. Soon people will know that we don't know what we're doing. Adrift. I don't know if we've had any emails on that subject for a while, but just sort of saying you're happy with something out of politeness and a haircut of course is an ob- obvious example of that but it could equally appear uh, equally apply to having some kind of um s- some kind of craftsman or craftswoman round your house i mean just anything on the the subject of you paying money for something you're unhappy with because you you were too polite to uh, to offer any criticism that feels like that would be a good area for us you can email oh. us it's hello at adriftpodcast.com okay the first one is from mrs anon they asked to be mrs anon because the story is just too shameful now i should also point out that this falls into the area you asked about toilet stories last week so if you're very very sensitive of anything of the toilet matter skip this one Whereas for the rest of us, here we go, strap yourself in, this is going to be good, I can tell already. Well, I tell you what makes me know it's going to be good is the first sentence, I have never told this to anyone in my life before. <laughs> oh, I, I love that, I love that. Okay, I used to work at a place where the toilet was in between the admin office and the manager's office. It was a tiny toilet that had the sink outside the door. So you often heard folk just a few centimetres away from you washing up whilst you were on the loom. You could hear everyone all the time, which made me paranoid that they could hear me. To make matters worse, the toilet did not work properly and often wouldn't flush. If you went in for a number one, you'd get away with it, just keep trying to flush, etc. But there was no way I was going to risk a number two. If I ever felt the urge, I would walk 10 to 15 minutes away to various public loos and use those (laughs) instead. One day, I got to work early and was the first person in. I'd had a two-hour commute and was desperate for the loo and out popped a number two. I flushed and it went away. Hooray, the loo worked. Some months after, I was working late in the office. There were one or two people milling about, but the place was pretty empty as most had gone home. I really needed the loo. And and remembering my triumphant passage of a few months before, I thought I'd risk going to the office loo for my ablutions. I did a number two. I flushed. Nothing happened. I looked in the toilet pan and staring up at me was the biggest beast I had ever seen. I didn't know I was capable of such a feat. It was a monster. I kept flushing, but the loo just wasn't doing anything and was taking an age to refill the system with water. I tried unsuccessfully to break up the monster, but nothing worked. I was in a complete flap. What could I do to get rid of this? I then heard someone in the admin area next to the loo. Oh, God, I needed to get this thing out of here and leave the loo before someone started wondering why I was so long in the toilet. Then I had a hideous idea. Despite being the world's smallest toilet, there was a magazine rack in the loo. I wrapped toilet roll around my hand, 
picked up the beast and put it in a magazine. <laughs> I flushed, washed my hands and did the only thing I could think of. I left the building with the magazine, walked 100 metres down the road to the nearest public bin and threw the magazine away. I'm not a great person. Probably like everyone else in the world, I've done things that I'm not proud of. But walking down the road with my poo hidden in a magazine is the worst thing I have ever done. No one saw what happened. However, I was never able to walk past that bin ever again. And I handed my notice in shortly afterwards. I am now in a job where they are a very they have very discreet poolus and hope to never ever have to do anything as low as that ever again. Wow. <laughs> the, the high of having created the beast followed by the low of that experience. I mean that story had that story had everything, I, I didn't feel. It, didn't it? Yeah. Okay, and then this is from Johnny. A few years ago, blighted by a chronic lack of self confidence, I resorted to the humiliation of attending a self help seminar. It's bad enough showing your face in the self-help section of a bookshop, let alone being made to jump up and down and high-five strangers while a fake tan guru commands you to never accept anything less than your confident personal best. Oh, God. The following day, I tried to implement the advice from the seminar. The first tip for greater confidence was to use people's names when talking to them. I had to do some shopping for my sister's birthday and I confidently strode into the gift shop, Kath Kitson. At the checkout, I noticed from her name badge that the shop assistant was called Kate. Here we go. I was going to do it. There you are. Receipts in the bag. Have a nice day, Kate said. Just as I was about to reply, I checked her staff badge again, but this time caught sight of the company logo rather than her actual name. Thanks very much, Kath. She returned a look of suppressed bemusement. It was like I thought she was Kath Kidson. <laughs> as I couldn't get my head around the concept that the names of the people who work in a shop are not always the same as the name of the company. Red face, I headed to a coffee shop next door. Which brings me to my second confidence trip from the seminar. Never accept the advertised price. Always negotiate. Sometimes you can get a reduction simply by offering payment in cash. I ordered a vanilla milkshake. The barrister said, that'll be £3.25. Are you paying by cash or card? I'll give you £2.50 in exact change. <laughs> Is £2.50 all you've got? It's all I've got in change, yes. So you've got notes then? Um, yeah, I think I have a 20 here. Well, I can't give you a discount simply because you don't want to break a 20. <laughs> could feel all the people behind me in the queue staring red face i coughed at the money and walked out as fast as i could without even waiting for the milkshake i told myself see this is what happens when we try too hard to be confident never again have i tried to use a shop assistant's name never again have i tried to negotiate on price from now on i shall resign myself to my rightful place as a drifter even if it means I will never do reach my confident personal best. Oh, my God. I mean, just the sound of that seminar and what type of person it was trying to make you into. The I mean, it really person. had a lucky escape there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I'm sorry that you had those experiences, but it was worth it so that you didn't turn into... Here's, here's the thing. When you describe somebody as confident... Mm. Do you feel that you the the subtext of if, of what you're saying is always overly confident? I don't think I've ever said it as a compliment. Yeah, <laughs> ever. Uh, share your story with us, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Excuse me. Do you have any wood? Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port adrift. Ooh, I'm in the stream. Annabelle. Yes. Would you be open to giving us another way in which you're not a fully functioning adult? 
part 28. Let's have it. So I'll come to what the theme is in a bit. So in the past week, we've had three power cuts at home. The first one was just on my street. They were doing some electrical work on one of the flats and I had to turn the power off for the whole street. We got an hour's advance warning for that, but it spanned my toddler's bedtime. So it felt like I was doing a toddler's bedtime in medieval times. <laughs> if they had bedtime routines in medieval times, like they probably just fed the livestock until they collapsed with exhaustion next to a chicken or something. <laughs> To be honest, when I say medieval times, I do just really mean my son had to watch Peter Rabbit on the iPad instead of the television. (laughs) But anyway, that was the first one. The second one was on Friday and that affected loads of people in the country, like a million or something. And it happened as we were driving home and suddenly all the traffic lights were out and we had to go through two four-way junctions. And let me tell you, it was like the apocalypse had come. Or the Wild West, (laughs) one of those. Or actually maybe just a world where a lot of cars slowly edged into junctions. (laughs) And when we got home, we found there was no electricity on our street. So I was getting the matches out again and getting ready to huddle around the gas stove. And then it came back on again. So it was all fine. So when on Saturday at about five o'clock in the evening, everything went off again. It was very much, what? Really? Not again? That's annoying. But I feel I got used to it now. So I get the matches out to heat my son's dinner on the stove and I heat some water in a pan so he doesn't have to have a freezing cold bath. And he watches Peter Rabbit on the iPad instead of the television. But the electricity is still not back on at seven when he goes to bed. So this is actually getting really annoying now. We sort of make a rubbish dinner and get candles out. And we start to really worry about the food in the fridge and the freezer going off. And then my boyfriend says, oh, that's weird. I couldn't see some lights on in next door's flat. (laughs) I can see. I think I've been able to see where this is going for a while. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh. And I went to check our electricity meter. And it wasn't a power cut. We've got a prepay key meter and it just ran out of money, which has happened before. But because of all the other power cuts, we just assumed it was another one. So two and a half hours we went without electricity when all we needed to do was to reinsert the key to activate the emergency credit. And when I say this running out of electricity money has happened before, I mean, it's happened loads before. Like all I've got to do is open the cupboard and check it every now and then. But I don't because it's the cupboard with the hoover and the ironing board. So it's always a nightmare to close. But doing this kind of thing, like what, what's it called? Like household admin? I think that's yes. something like that. Anyway, I'm terrible at it. I'm not as bad as my boyfriend who, if he were in charge of bills, we'd have the bailiffs at the door most days. Because <laughs> the only thing he's in charge of is the car. And as a result, we have an annual, the car's been clamped as he's forgotten to pay the tax day. <laughs> <laughs> but the electricity key is my clamp car. I hate it so much, perhaps most so when the key went faulty after charging it. And I had an eight week old baby and no electricity. And I had to drive to Ilford to get a new key. I think that's when I hated it the most. And after that, I did try and get the electrics company to come round and replace the meter with a normal one that I could pay by direct debit, or at the very least, one of the new ones where you could top up over the internet. But the way our flat is designed, for some reason, they needed access to my upstairs upstairs neighbour's flat in order to do it. And that would have meant me having to speak to him and then get the (laughs) keys off him as he works all day and then arrange to return them. And to be honest, I'd rather just sit in the freezing dark all winter. (laughs) So I just left it. Get with it. Get with it. Get with it. With. 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 Get with it. Adrift. Adrift. With Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. You know, I mentioned I'm, uh, I'm away from home at the moment, so I'm staying in an apartment in Manchester while I do some work here. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I'm staying in an apartment in Salford. I just want to point that out because people from Salford are very touchy about being called Manchester. I don't know why. Really? Okay. Yeah, I know it's a separate city, but do you know what? 
it's not really. <laughs> and I can I say that because I was, I was born in Manchester. <laughs> oh, okay. um, but, but anyway, I, I've noticed myself doing something strange. I only identified it as strange today. And I think it's good to say these things out loud, firstly, to put a stop to it. And then secondly, just on the off chance that somebody else has done it and then, then won't feel alone. Okay. So I am working a breakfast show for these couple of weeks on BBC Radio 5 Live, yeah. and I need to be up around 3.45 in the morning. Oh, God. Now, Annabelle and I many years ago used to do a breakfast show. Neither of us are morning people. Nope. And it, it's, it's safe to say that it takes me, even on a morning where I've had nine hours sleep and I'm, I'm getting up late, it takes me an hour and a half to two hours to feel human enough to have a conversation or mm-hmm. you know do something that requires any degree more thought than making a cup of tea. Yeah. So I've been trying to figure out how can I feel more awake at 3.45. Yeah. And another thing you should know is I haven't brought enough clothes with me. So I've been wearing the same jeans a lot and I've become very paranoid about the jeans smelling. Okay. Now, do you remember years ago on the radio show, we, we had a woman talking about how you should clean your jeans? Oh, very vaguely. Did she say put them in the freezer? Yes. Is that, so, is that right? Okay. So so after a couple of days of worrying about whether my jeans were smelly, I put them in the freezer okay. thinking, well, may- maybe that will stave off the smelliness. Yeah, yeah. When I then put them on the next morning, mm. I found it very bracing to put on <laughs> jeans straight out of the freezer. So before I've been going to bed every night, I've been putting all my clothes <laughs> into the freezer. <laughs> So that when I wake up hideously early in the morning, it gives me like a short, sharp shock, oh, a bit like having a cold shower. You're definitely going to get pneumonia. I'm so worried about you now. <laughs> God. Yeah, so that, there's an odd thing that it's interesting, isn't it? I've been, in, you know, I've, I've lived with my wife. I've been married five or six years and I lived with her a couple of years before that. But it's interesting, you know, how just a week or so on your own how you return to living some some very strange patterns of behaviour. Mm, right. Without somebody there to, to mean you have to adhere to social norms, I think those things can slide quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, all that being said, um, I have something I need to ask you about, mm. unrelated to what I've just said. Okay. There's no smooth transition from that into <laughs> okay. this. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll okay. be honest with you. I wanted to ask you about badges. Badges. Well... To be honest with you, there's no update. It's exactly okay, the same okay. as last week. They're, 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 I emailed them earlier, the manufacturers, and they are currently at this very second in the machine being made. <laughs> they might not be, I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> I just I wanted to make it look like something was happening. <laughs> but anyway, they're being made. I would say they're going to be shipped in a few days from now. So I would guess that this time next week, I will have them in my hands. Now, something I do want to quickly point out, I realised afterwards last week, but I made it sound like I was selling one badge for five pounds. I would like to point out you get four badges for five pounds. So, so you're looking at one one twenty five a badge. No, I wasn't. Let's let's not put a number on the per badge. <laughs> <laughs> let's just say for five four badges for five pounds, and they come in a presentation pack. <laughs> what they do? So less than one twenty five per badge if you factor in the the cost of the beautiful presentation pack. Is it velvet? No. Okay. Oh, I, th- I, 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 I am plush? concerned that you've, you've envisioned something very different to like the plastic and card that it is in reality. Yeah, there's, there's so no. I'm, I'm thinking about when I've been to the Tower of London. I'm thinking about the thing that the the jewels sit on. A velvet pillow. Yes. <laughs> no, no, there's no, there's no velvet pillow. Sorry. 
Okay, but an update on that next week. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's some things that move down the stream. Some of them are called Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. It's coming past you and on the sale is written GL. A P, which stands for GLAP. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. The organization. A drift. I've got a couple of little things here. One from before I, uh, I, I left home to come and do this work in Manchester. And one thing that's happened to me in the past few days. Which do you want first? Um, last few days first, please. So last few days. So, so I'm working in Manchester. My wife is working in Edinburgh at the Fringe Festival. Oh, and quite a few drifters have been to see her show. And I think she really loves it when drifters are in. And uh, I think some people have said some nice things on our Facebook page as well. So thank you. Thank you for that. If you've been to see her, it's Sarah Barron, Enemies Closer, at the Pleasance upstairs every night at 8.30. Um, oh, here's the thing. So I was I was up visiting her at the weekend and we noticed that one of her one of her posters had been defaced oh dear defiled in what, even in what way what had happened so some kind it? of street artist had tagged it mm. um with their initials but they'd all put, also put an x on her forehead Ooh, so she's now worried that she's, you know, that she's a marked woman and she's going to assassinate her. <laughs> well, I don't. I think they practice on posters first, like, right? Generally. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's no bullet holes in the poster, so right, I, think, right. I think she's fine just yet. Um, anyway, so so I went to Edinburgh for the weekend, and to make things slightly bit more complicated, and and to give you too much information really about the logistics of our lives at the moment, um, for the first week and a bit of the Fringe Festival, I've been in Manchester, and our three year old son has been at my mum and dad's house, uh, a place called uh, in a place called Prestatyn in North Wales, which is where they live these days. So what I needed to do when I went to up to Edinburgh at the weekend was take my son to Edinburgh, having already had my my dad and my brother bring him from Prestatyn. Okay. Now, here was my concern. That is already a a somewhat long journey. Mm. And then putting him on a train for three hours, Mm. especially given that I've taken a train in the recent weeks from Manchester to Edinburgh and there are only three carriages and you can't sit down and he's three years old and needs distraction at all times, that was Mm. going to be a nightmare. So I did a bad thing. I got one. I went on an aeroplane. Oh, I thought you were going to say private helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> no, See, I mean, you know, I'm really grateful of the Patreon support, but it wouldn't quite uh, stretch to a private helicopter. But but it's not good to take a domestic flight no, for, for environmental reasons. You know, there's a climate it, crisis. He? And he loved it. And it was just a way of, you know, he'd done this journey from Prestatin and then it was, it just meant he's walking around in an airport for a bit. Now he's on a plane mm. for 40 minutes rather yeah, than yeah, yeah. trying to keep him entertained on a train, which is at least three hours. That's yeah. if it doesn't break down or something doesn't go wrong and he wouldn't be able to sit down. So I feel bad about it. I know drifters are probably the sort of people who, as we all should be, are worried about the climate emergency. And I just want to say, I know it's bad to take a domestic flight. Okay. Um, 
but since I'd taken a flight there, it worked out cheaper to get a return. So I also flew back. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I don't want to be standing up for three hours either <laughs> without a toddler. So listen to me what happens. So I, I came back on Sunday evening knowing I had to get up at quarter to four on Monday morning. Mm. So I did that thing where you can go online and I selected a seat right near the front of the plane. It's not like business class or economy class or anything. There's none of that on these planes. It's all just one class, but you can pay an extra few pounds and have a seat at the front of the plane. And I did that so that I'd be able to get off quickly um, without sort of waiting for everyone else to get off and then get through the airport and get back and and get to bed. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So I go to the airport. When I get to the gate, I've got my boarding pass on my phone. I give it to the um, to the woman who works for the airline, and it sort of goes, uh-uh. mm. I think, oh, that's not good. She says, oh, yeah, we've had to move you. Uh, you were in uh, 1B. Um, you're now at the back of the plane in 23C or whatever what? it was. Really? Is that, is that allowed? Well, yes, yes, it is. Mm. So, so I get, I don't make a fuss because of what am I going to do? Make a fuss. So I get on the plane and I'm feeling really aggrieved mm-hmm. and I sort of take it personally. Mm. Thinking, why, why don't you want me at the front of the plane? What's wrong with me? I feel that in some way being sent from the front of the plane to the back of the plane yeah. is a slight of some kind. Yeah, yeah. What's going on there? Well, eventually, like halfway through the flight, I am worrying about the time I've got to get up. And I say to the, uh, the, the cabin crew, I say, I'm so sorry. I was supposed to be at the front of the plane. You've moved me to the back. I've noticed that the seat I was supposed to be in is empty. Hmm. And I'm, I'm feeling like it is some kind of conspiracy <laughs> against me. I said, would it be okay for me to go and sit in that seat for landing? Because I need to get out of the airport really quickly. And she says, oh, we've, we've had to move you for balance. <gasps> No. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah. What? No. So, I mean, it's a relatively sense. small plane. And apparently what happens is they work out, like, the load of passengers and then kind of look at the weight distribution. And if I was too close to the front, I don't know what it would mean, but it, it wouldn't oh, be good. Please. Or do you think really it was some kind of slight and they were just saying that? It's a slight. Because say you went to the toilet at the front of the plane, did it tip? No, it didn't no, it tip. Did, no, and I did go to the toilet at the front of the plane. Yeah, and it didn't tip, did it? it, it was I knew I was right to take yeah. it personally. I yeah. knew there was some kind of vendetta against mm. me. If anybody has any information on that, like I'd, I'd be very curious. I don't know if we've got anyone listening who works for an airline who'd be able to tell me more about that. But it seemed a bit spurious to me mm. because there were other, like what what ate away at me. There were other people near the front of the plane who they didn't move. Yeah, like why me? Yeah, what yeah. is it about me? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, and then the other thing, and this is no no way related to what I just said. So that before we came away, um, and I'm a bit embarrassed to say this because it is. You know, it's it's maybe on a par with spending money on a private helicopter. You know, like I've I've got this weird guilt about saying this, and I've mentioned it from time to time. But we have a cleaner come in once a week, mm. and I think unless you are particularly posh, you always feel a degree of embarrassment about that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, for me, it manifests not only in being ashamed that I have a cleaner, but also in not really being able to t- tell the cleaner anything I would like to be done. Okay, right, yeah. You know, if anything, I'm offering to help. <laughs> yeah. To yeah, feel yeah. guilty about somebody else cleaning. But so, so my wife tends to look after it. She does it through an agency. So we've had the same person come every week for a while, but, but then this person was on holiday. So it's a brand new person turned up unexpectedly oh. the week before we came away. Yeah. And my wife wasn't there. 
So uh, this this stranger turns up at the house, and I go into a blind panic because I don't know what to tell her. Usually, my wife deals with all that. Uh, I don't want to seem like the kind of guy who is demanding. <laughs> so my vibe is very much, you know, just do do what you want. You know, have a look around. Anything you don't want to do, don't do it. It's fine okay. because I'm so desperate to be liked yeah, by this woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not getting sort of very much in the way of warmth. She seems perfectly nice, but mm. you know what? What I'm not getting is you're you're a great guy. If only I could work with people like you all the time. <laughs> right. So I sort of think, how can I make this this new cleaner like? How can I endear myself to her more? And I do something that was like, given everything else that has ever happened in my life, this was so ill advised, really. <laughs> Okay, go on. I thought I'll pay her a compliment. Oh God, no! Oh. And I like looking at her and think, what can I compliment on her? And it occurs to me that she looks a little bit like a young Susan Sarandon. Okay. Now, why don't I just keep that to myself? Yeah. Instead, I say, yeah. "Let me tell you something. Oh, God. Has anyone ever said to you that you look like a young Susan Sarandon?" <laughs> oh, God. And like her English isn't great, and she doesn't know what I'm saying, so I have to say it slowly and take out some words. And go, you look like Susan Sarandon, and oh. she just shrugs. And I'm going, the oh. actor, you know, the the famous oh. actor, and she's shrugging and shaking her head. So I I end up Google imaging Susan oh, Sarandon my on my phone and showing it to this stranger and saying, you look like her. But the only pictures of Susan Sarandon that come up on Google Images straight away are as she is now, as you know, a more mature woman. <laughs> and this woman is probably in her late 20s or early 30s. But I'm going, but young, younger, you look like her, but younger. Oh, and she's just sort of nodding her head and, and just, I just know she's thinking, make this stop, make this stop. I'm in this strange what man's house. Me? What did you say? I'm in this strange man's house. <laughs> On my own, showing... <laughs> and he's he's googling pictures of this old lady. Like, <laughs> oh, oh Jeff, why? I, I think in future I'm just going to pretend I don't speak English either. Oh, good idea. Yeah. If you're insightful and aligned with this vision, you might be ready for the next phase. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port adrift. Time for Quandary Corner at the Portable Glap Clinic. Uh, not in problematic with me in my little bachelor's apartment, divorcee's apartment in Salford and Annabelle in uh, her flat in Snaresbrook near London. Um, Annabelle, who's who's the first one from? In in London, not near London, in London. Uh, so the first one's from Anon. How do you deal with someone that wants to sit at your table in the pub, but you don't want any conversation after they say that after you say they can sit there? Or deal with it, the initial request. Also, when the pint you're having is the last before moving on, what do you do to make it not look like you're going because you don't want them to be there? Oh, now that last bit is interesting. I think the mm. first bit is easy enough. Mm. Like, I feel sorry for anybody who has to ask, oh, do you mind if I sit on this table? Because, you know, I've been in that position. It does feel, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not laughing at myself. I've got a bit of a cough. It, it does. It is an awkward thing to ask. Mm -hmm. And then you worry that the people will feel in some way obliged to rope you into the conversation or ask you a question when actually that's the last thing you want. Um, so I, I do think the social contract is it is just understood that conversation isn't going to be a thing, right? Well, you'd hope so, but some people don't get there. They sometimes they've chosen that table because they want to talk to someone else. Do you think so? It happens. I mean, I have to say about those people, 
they are usually of a type and you want to finish your drink and move on anyway, right? Mm, mm, mm. Because that person who wants to start a conversation on their own at a table but then joining strangers, that that isn't, you know, they they tend to not have things to say that you want to hear. Uh, Yes. They tend to have strong opinions, Mm, none of which are in harmony with your own opinions or that of mainstream society. (laughs) Exactly, exactly, yeah. So I I do think the social contract is if you are a sort of a a normal person, you know that you you don't interact with the other people on the table. Mm -hmm. And if they are that sort of person, you've just got to get out of there because it's, it's going to be trouble. Yeah, I don't mean sort of Wild West, broken bottles and brawling trouble, but I mean... Terribly so, bored trouble. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uncomfortable trouble. So um, I don't know if that really answers the first part of the question, but I, th- I think it goes some way towards it. Yeah, yeah. And then... And then when the th- point th- you're having is the last, how do you yeah. make it look like you're not going because of them? Do you think it's a question of um, sort of saying, oh, better be off? Or some, no, that something- doesn't solve it. No. So about, pretending pretending about, that you need to be somewhere else. But you see, the trouble is if you're with someone else at the table, making them complicit in this is difficult. Uh, you know, if you said something like, oh, we better get off or we'll be late for the film, or we better get <laughs> off or we're going to miss the train. Mm-mm. But then if you haven't in some way signaled that to the other person, like if it's, if it's your partner, you could just have that as a rule within your relationship. If it's a friend, they'll just go, what? What film? What do you mean? I'm not going to see film. Yeah. Because... I used to do that thing. I've talked about this before, I'm sure. It's when, when I was going to the airport on holiday, I would get in the back of the taxi with, with my girlfriend, my then girlfriend, and then I'd worry because there was this rumour that went around our neighbourhood that the, the local taxi firm, the minicab firm, was some kind of running some kind of crime ring. And when they took people on holiday <laughs> to the airport, they then burgled the houses. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So I would always, like the first thing I did when I was going on holiday, get in the back of the taxi. And as soon as he pulled away, I'd say to my uh, then girlfriend, I'd say, oh, right, well, my brother should be here in a couple of hours. It's so good of him to house it for us. <laughs> and then like every time, even though this was established as a precedent in our relationship, which she feel she'd fail to remember, yeah. she'd go, what, your brother's coming. <laughs> he didn't tell me. And then I'd be glaring at her and go, yes, remember, we talked to him last night. He said he'd come and so it was, must've been like incredibly obvious to the taxi yeah, driver what was going on. That's embarrassing. Um, so, I mean, do you have any thoughts on this? Well, I can't help but think, Finish a drink, go, and then leave him to deal with whatever feelings he has and not worry about them. That, that's the sensible... That's, I'm sorry, but I'm giving the sensible answer. You're so what, what, brutal. I know, there's nothing nothing you can do that won't make it obvious. If you say, oh, um, well, I really enjoyed this drink that I wasn't going to have any more. I'm sorry, I won't be having another one because this was the only one I was going to have, so I'd better go now. Like, it's it's so obvious. But what about my thing about saying to the person you're with, like having a little code or well, something? What if you're like not that? with another person? Do you say it to yourself? Well, well, I best go and catch that train then. Like, oh <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Better be off train to catch. Bye. Yeah, I suppose you could sort of do it in a friendly way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose. Okay, I suppose that's yeah. that's also the problem. Pie in the oven. Better get home. Pie, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> pie in pie in the oven. Yeah. Don't want to burn the house down. Best yeah. be off. Yeah. There we go. Okay. That's sorted. <laughs> what type of person do you look like though? If you've put pie in the oven and then gone to the pub. <laughs> oh, what, what about slow cooker? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's Jim in the slow cooker and I think I just heard it ping. <laughs> Don't want to miss Coronation Street. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. you're right. There are many, many options. Yeah, just choose yeah, the yeah. one most suited to you. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to this next one. My husband wears his earphones in both ears when he is car cleaning or cleaning windows and it drives me nuts. Dave, 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 Dave! And nothing. <laughs> I've been known to throw shoes from the porch to get his attention. I think you should wear only one when my company, he disagrees. What's the etiquette here? I've, I've got quite strong feelings on this one. Oh, because, well, I, I just want to hear it then. Because my boyfriend, I gave him a very nice pair of headphones recently. Well, say recently, like about a year and a half ago. Um, and they're noise cancelling ones. And he wore them pretty much all the time in the house. Not just when cleaning or doing, you know, what just on his ears the whole time. And like we had a small baby at the time and I often need his help and I, and I just wouldn't get it because he had headphones on. It drove me mad. So I threatened to take them back. And did that work? Mm, a bit. You see, you've got more agency though because you gave the headphones yeah. as a present. So what mm. would you recommend happens in this situation? Well, I do. Th- I think she's right. He should wear one ear, but Dave disagrees. So how is she going to check? Oh, I know. Cut one ear off. Sabotage. Yeah. But oh, then, for example, if he's listening to the Beatles in stereo, he'll mm. just hear the drums and the and the guitars. He won't hear the vocals or the or the bass. Mm. Difficult. What would you do? <sighs> I, I sort of feel in public, everyone should only wear one ear, like in public and stuff. It's annoying, like when you want to get someone's attention. I can't think of any examples of this, but I just think maybe that should be the rule, the one ear rule. Yeah, but it is quite nice to cut you. So like a a lovely thing about wearing headphones is you cut off from the world. You're in your own little world. You're in a cocoon. Mm. But is that acceptable around the house? I I don't know. I've like never found myself in this situation. Um, I do think that if you want someone's attention that much, kind of throwing something at them or tapping them on the shoulder, I know it's an effort, but I think maybe the effort is on you. You're on Dave's side. I think I am a you little are. bit. I mean, the, the bit where it gets like into into sort of a bit of a grey area is like in your situation when there's a baby mm. who might be crying or if the doorbell goes, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's annoying. Yeah, well, you've given your answer. I'm unsure. I mean, this is one of these ones where maybe we should solicit the opinion of other drifters because okay. it's a rare occasion where mm. we don't have a clear rule. Okay. Um, so if you if you want to help us out with this and issue a decree for this week's Quandary Corner, then do feel free to email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs> our podcast thank you for listening thanks to man and the echo for the backing music and to emily harrison for the incidental music during the incident vince lynch and simon wilcox are our announcers and made our idents kim rainey made the artwork and carla gowlett took the photos please share your story with us we'd love to hear from you about your own story of social awkwardness and and just trying and failing to interact with other human beings it's hello at adriftpodcast.com And this week's episode is dedicated to the memory of the beast. Adrift. Adrift.
Right, shall we have a publication? Yes, let's. This comes from Terry, Lord President of Vancouver Council, who says, Hello! Hello! I'd like to nominate myself for a podcation, mostly because I'm now using what I've heard on a drift in my professional life. Mm. I work in television. Uh, I can't say what show I'm working on, but in preparation for an upcoming episode, I needed to inquire on whether or not we were going to be seeing one of the characters uh, in upcoming episodes. The writer of the show told me that no, the character would not be in the upcoming episodes because they're killing him off Mm -hmm. in the next episode. There was a pause. I looked him in the eye and said, Oh, unlucky. (laughs) Uh, Maybe it'll catch on now. Maybe that writer will use it in an upcoming script. (laughs) So it could be that adrift lingo will become a part of our everyday speech. For that, I think I deserve a podication. I think you do. Wouldn't that be wonderful if it became an acceptable thing to say at funerals? It'd be the best because it would solve so many problems of knowing what to say. If condolence cards started becoming unlucky cards. Yes, yes. Uh, Terry says, keep up the so-so work. He says, P.S. I think for your next Christmas show for Patreon subscribers, you should do a little video of your favourite Christmas sites in London. I'd love to see London all done up for Christmas. Uh, Another mid-year idea would be to take us on a tour of some of the places you've talked about on the podcast. Uh, The place down the street where Annabelle had her unfortunate incident behind the bush. The store that sells the homemade pastries that Jeff now has to buy all the time. Things like that. Show us the places you've spoken about. It could be a visual guide to adrift. This is a great idea, and, and you, we have sort of talked about it in context of going around Annabelle's neighbourhood of Snaresbrook, and it's just because I'm away a lot this summer working away, uh, and Annabelle's lover, Tom, he, he needs to find the time to take us around with his camera kit, mm. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. We'll do it soon, though. When you get back, let's do it when you get back. Yeah, let's let's do that. But um, I do like the idea of expanding it in the future to to do a little Christmas thing or some of the things in my neighbourhood. This is this is a good idea. Maybe I could go into my local shop, Five Sapphires, and just have a conversation behind them with the man behind the counter, and you could all see just how awkward and uncomfortable oh. that that dynamic is. I would love to see that. So, <laughs> like, it would seem as if I was trying to make it uncomfortable, but it just genuinely is that uncomfortable. I, I think I might do like a mini documentary about the Mile End incident. Where I lost control. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. You could enter it into a Sundance Film Festival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Terry, that that is fantastic. That adrift could be making its way into uh, into what I'm I'm guessing is some kind of internationally syndicated TV show. <laughs> it sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. If you would like a publication, uh, then you can please email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.